Scoopy gang, Scoopy gang. Welcome to a new week. I'm TJ. And today, Mr. <laughs> Lee, Mr. Lee is not here. And uh, we're going to be sorry for that. Um, and we have our guest host. I'm not sorry that Lee's not here. <laughs> <laughs> this is George. This is Halim. Hello. And uh, before we want to tell the audience, you guys are both Indonesians. Uh, we're half Indonesian, yeah. half something else. I can definitely identify as Indonesian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they are Indonesian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, you're letting know. You're letting the comment section know. Are you? Is, yeah. Is that who we are. Uh, before we get ripped up in the comic section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <exactly. laughs> no, I'm just trying to make sure because people think when they look at your skin color, they think you guys are not Indonesian. Yeah. So yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so sebenarnya sekarang kita harus pakai bahasa Indonesia biar uh, orang Indonesia memang bisa benar-benar ikut uh, podcast ini. Uh, Lihat dia sekarang, bingung ya. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> Ini memang sekarang podcast kita ya. Iya, jadi, jadi episode baru kit buat kita ya. <laughs> nama nama podcastnya bikin orang Indian eh, orang India bingung. Bingung. <laughs> okay, I don't know what he said. Please let me know what he said in the comment section. <laughs> We're just playing, man. Just saying like this, the name of the podcast is making Indian guy confused. <laughs> Mission accomplished. But yeah, we do miss you, Lee. Um, and yeah. uh, it's a pleasure to be a host here for this episode. Yeah, we miss you. We'll see you in the next episode. Tell us about yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Halim Ardi. Um, I grew up in Indonesia. I was born in America. I have a mix of German and um, Persian, Irani in me as well. Um, but most of my life has been here in Indonesia and I've been in Bali for like maybe nine years now. Nine years. Yeah. yeah. So you've been living in Bali or just traveling around? I lived in Bali. Living in, in Bali. You know, most if I go anywhere, it's for like a month or so, but yeah, Bali's home. Bali's all, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Do you like Bali? Yeah, of course. You know, um, I've seen it change over the last nine years, yeah. you know, and also, I mean, when I was young and living in Jakarta, you come to Bali for vacation, you know, like with your family. So I've seen Bali in many um, incarnations and the current one is a little bit hectic, you know, <laughs> to be honest, you know, um, but it's still beautiful, you know, and I, so I just I just was doing some traveling. And when you come back to Bali, there is that feeling. That is, there's something special here, you know. Once you actually get on the road and look at the rice fields, it's it's something beautiful. But yeah, it's it's one of those things when you're here most of the time and not going anywhere, you start to get like, oh man, the traffic, oh man, this, <laughs> oh man, that, you know. And um, but then when you leave for a bit and come back, you're like, oh, buddy. you know, I'm not. <laughs> I've not. I haven't experienced the traffic. Have you? <laughs> I should do that what every traffic? day. What? <laughs> I, just, just, I close my eyes when I drive, so I don't see anything. <laughs> you close your eyes when you drive. Yeah, that's a perfect way to drive. No? <laughs> Maybe drive to heaven. <laughs> no, that's a shortcut to heaven. Yeah, it's not the shortcut to Changu anymore. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Hey, you put, put your mask on. <laughs> but I don't know if you know, Tejo, but uh, uh, I know if I've known Halim for 15 years plus. Yeah. Damn. Is that right? Yeah, we, something we know like each that. other for a while. Something now. like that. 
Um, but yeah, you, you saying you've been here for nine years now. Mm -hmm. That's roughly how long I've been here. Yeah, right. Um, I want to know, like, when you first arrived in Bali, what were you expecting? Mm. What was it like? And what was that mindset of yourself when you first got here? Um, that's a really interesting question because, you know, I was... Because maybe I have a different experience for like a lot of people who come come to Bali for the first time. You know, it's like I've been to Bali quite a few times and still in country for me. You know, it's it's still like it's not like I'm going to like some place brand new, but I was coming here to do something different. Um, I felt like. You know why I left Jakarta? It was because of the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. <laughs> the irony at, at this moment. Um, yeah, I was kind of um, wanting to get away from the big city, even though I, I, I like cities. I yeah. really like cities and um, love going back to a city. But yeah, coming here was to get some fresh air, so to say, and do some new projects, kind of start a new um, direction in life um, yeah. because at, in Jakarta I was like an English teacher nice. and I've always was into events and DJing but he, I came to Bali with the specific idea of like I think there's uh, opportunities here and yeah. I definitely jumped on those opportunities and it's led me very far in life um, and I thank Bali for that you know some stuff I've never even imagined would have I've ever thought of all at all happened here in Bali and nowhere near of any of my wildest imagination was in Jakarta, you know? Yeah. yeah. One question for both of you guys. Mm -hmm. You both lived in Jakarta. Yeah. And now you're living in Bali. Yeah. So what was Jakarta like nine years ago, like 10 years ago? Is it like Bali or it's, it's still the city now? It's yeah, like... I'll let you answer first. Well, the, the thing about Jakarta, I think it's it's... It goes in phases also. Like there was like Jakarta, like when I was kind of like growing up was like really cool. You know, like there was like the attitude was a little bit different, you know, and um, the nightlife was really cool. There was a lot of stuff going on. And I think um, Jakarta started to go into a little bit of hard line. And so they really started to clean up its kind of... Um, rough around the edges culture, so let's say it that way. And so, but then when you're left with Jakarta was cleaning up this cool, fun, dirty spots, it just becomes a nasty city. Yeah. <laughs> so like 10 years ago, Jakarta was just like, the traffic was horrible, really, really horrible. And it was just may mayhem, hectic, you know, and there wasn't really, there was no reprise from it, you know, for, it was like, if you wanted to go anywhere, there's no parks. There's no activities beyond going to a mall and like spending money. And it's not, you know, it's like you can't just drive to the beach, jump off your scooter and just be on, on the beach and like not pay a single cent and just or like something like that. You just none of that in Jakarta. And this is also before Gojek and um, before they've set up the MRT in, yeah. in Jakarta. So that was like what I left. And then what it is now, I think it's a little bit, it's cleaned itself up in a good way. This traffic is really calmed down. They really tried to do some infrastructure on the city. They're really trying to do, so like maybe the cool stuff is not there as much anymore, but at least to clean up the city in a good way. Yeah, I mean, my, my growing up in Jakarta was very much 
limited to, <laughs> I call it, uh, Jakarta is moving from one AC environment to another AC environment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all AC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're basically in your house, you have AC. And then you jump in your car, which has AC. AC yeah. Yeah. And you go to the mall and you have AC. Yeah. Like, or maybe you go to the school, which has AC. Yeah. And it, all you're doing is just moving around from those environments and you don't really play outside. Yeah. You pl compare to our friends who are, uh, I'm sure in India and yeah. I'm sure in the UK, um, you play in public parks. Yeah. I didn't play in a public park. There is no public park. I mean, there, there they, they are now doing way more parks and public areas yeah. than ever before. But when I was growing up, I had to go to school. If I wanted to kick a ball around, I'd go to school. Yeah. And that was the, the, the playgrounds that uh, you could play Even on. the playground at like school was concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, it play, was... you play uh, football on the basketball court, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the best thing about Bali though. It's like, I, I draw on like a road and like kids are playing. I say hi every day. Yeah. They, 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 they drive cycles and they play with the mud, play with the uh, yeah. dogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And football, of course. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's all kind of changing. I mean, it, it, I think the city is starting to get its grips together. Like Halim said, uh, you know, it's cleaned up in a good way and it's also lost a little bit of its charm. Hmm. Like when it was a little bit starting to get gentrified and, you know, it still has this big city feel, but you want to be able to go into, um, you know, uh, the up and coming area of Kamang and like mm. little s edgy parts of uh, Pondok Indah. Um, these places you have no idea what we're talking like, about. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they were like cool little areas that you could, you know. Um, Basic Peranan and Changu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Peranan and Changu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no beach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing I'm looking at is, right, so where does, where did the tour tourism started? Like, like, in Indonesia particularly, where did it start? Like it started in Jakarta or Bali or some other island, I'm not sure of. Well, definitely in Bali. Definitely Bali. You know, like Jakarta, what started Jakarta was like the, for people coming there was like the expat family. Yeah. You know, it's basically a lot of people would have like, um, they would, like their company would pay for the family to come out here. You know, if we start to think about this in modern day life, there's no such thing really anymore. Like you imagine you're living in the States or wherever and you get paid a bunch of money to move to a different city to be like the, the worker there and get to pay all your family comes, you pay for your school, they pay for everything. Nowadays, you know, like it's hard to even get like a little bit of a bonus at the end of the month. For yeah. <laughs> you no, know, it's a remote work. If you, you want to come, you come. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, like yeah. nobody's going to pay for your you and your family <laughs> and move. your kids to move to a new country. It's absolutely insane. But this was the thing back in the 90s. You know, they would yeah. so many families like this would come to um, Jakarta. Yeah. So you'd have families in Jakarta and you have actually people who live there. Well, Bali's always been this kind of surfer's paradise, you know, kind of thing. Kuta was the, the thing for surfers and it kind of blossomed from there, you know. Uh, people would come to, and people started staying, you know. I think that people came to Bali for the surf and then for kind of doing the island hopping thing. And then they stayed, you know, and that's how I think Bali was made with yeah. the expat community. I mean, there's a, there is a further back truth to uh to tourism like from a cultural sense right yeah mm. um i think the modern way of life that's definitely how i started yeah. people coming in and then realizing actually i can just hop over to bali yeah but 
a bit of a boring history lesson maybe i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah exactly yeah <laughs> get ready kids <laughs> um no way back i mean the whole thing that fueled tourism was actually art <clears throat> and the, the yeah the art art like what kind of art like um cuz when you grow up as a ba- when you grow up as a balinese um you're taught how to dance you're taught how to mm. paint and you're taught how to play the gamelan right like drums uh gamelan is the 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 gongs the golden or bronze gongs that they play in the banjar and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah yeah um now but things like when mm. when uh, german and and dutch uh uh visitors came especially those who were art inclined they were the ones that really pushed the balinese to uh, export their art out okay. and get mm. um get noticed that way and from that point of view people started coming to bali yeah. this is like oh man i'm going to get roasted for <laughs> getting the the date wrong maybe i just won't say the date um <laughs> it's like 1960 19 oh maybe earlier 19 No, nope, I forgot. Um, is it the same time uh, Dutch ruled? No, no, no. This is this is afterwards. Okay. Um it was See, now I'm getting very confused, but I just I just know that um there was a particular group called the Pitamaha. Yeah. Right? We've spoken about this before, I think. Pitamaha, you know what is Pitamaha means? It's, it's in in Sanskrit is Yeah, uh, Sanskrit. Yes. Pitamaha is like guru or like uh teacher or a father figure yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. so the, this was a select group of artists yeah. who chose balinese um artists to represent uh, indonesia and bali for the arts yeah. and that's when people started coming here they're like oh i want to i want to see this person i want to see lempad i want to see mm. um uh, nyoman gusti painting or carving and that was the thing that drove people here and now everybody's little bit here. different <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now everybody's here yeah <laughs> I'm here to see um avocado toast and uh, <laughs> a waterfall. I'm like nasi yeah. goreng in the morning. Oh, <laughs> nasi goreng. I mean, <laughs> that's since since early days that's yeah. why people have been coming here. Yeah. You know? So, uh, what's your breakfast like? Like you both. <laughs> You're in Indonesia, what's your breakfast like? Um, oh, it's funny because I can go either way. I can have like um like a biscuit and just some coffee you know yeah. or i can also do a nasi champur full plate of rice with <laughs> nasi all champur <laughs> yeah it was all the chicken in the morning yeah yeah Shit. or like was full of spice and all that you know and yeah <laughs> i can go either way depends on which which day i'm how i'm leaning that day yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i normally skip breakfast as I you can probably you. tell <laughs> me too <laughs> shouldn't pull those faces i'm going to get turned into a thumbnail um but uh, uh one of the best is uh nasi uduk hmm. if you had nasi uduk before you need it we need to get you have nasi uduk or soto ayam yeah uh soto ayam yeah yeah you've had yeah. that before yeah. oh it's just great bubur yeah oh that's a classic yeah. bubur bubur like ayam chicken porridge chicken yeah. porridge yeah. chicken porridge yeah, yeah. Is it soto batavi? Is it same, no? Soto ayam, soto batavi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're same, yeah. same, same, very similar. Yeah. yeah, they make soto in different regions, and yeah. but like that is an OG. That's yeah. like a classic. <laughs> Wait, what do you have for breakfast in India when you? <laughs> India is like like two hundred, three hundred items of food, like <laughs> only for breakfast. Yeah. Only for breakfast. Yeah, that we have for every uh, breakfast, dinner, lunch. It has its own thing. Hmm. Everything is different, even like for five o'clock snack. But is it like hundreds of items? Sweet or savory? Mm. 
So in the morning, there is less people who eats sweet. Mm, yeah, it's always savory. Yeah. In the in the evening, I mean, Indian people like spicy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indian yeah, yeah. people mm-hmm. like to eat flavor. Yeah. They don't sweet is sweet comes always end of the food like yeah. end of the like a dessert. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Same as the Indonesian breakfast, I yeah, think. You know, I think it's so. like only. But I heard you guys eat sweet too, in the morning. Yeah. It's the same thing as like, okay, either if, if it's sweet, it's like extremely sweet, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thing you need to eat in the morning. Yeah. It's not really heavy, yeah? Yeah, it's just like, it's not like, a, oh, it's a little bit of sugar with your thing. It's like, here's mm-hmm. condensed milk on top of chocolate flakes of like a <laughs> exactly. fried banana. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, I, we have I, diabetes for breakfast. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> I couldn't eat fried banana in the morning. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I'm not a, like, as I'm Indian, like, I, I don't like to eat sweet that much, but okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's funny though. I have not been to or seen an Indian place here or anywhere that does breakfast options. No, you know what I mean. No, no. Yeah. it's just like lunch and dinner. No, I'm but you're saying there's two. One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a niche. There's a niche. Oh, that's, no, that's I, I couldn't be in the food industry. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, food industry is is good to in the beginning, but do mm. you think it's going to sustain? Oh, it will always sustain. I think the food, the food industry. Of course, no, the food industry, industry huh? is going to sustain. But, but like, if, if you, you have start a business, a business, nah, it doesn't. It, especially here, man, it doesn't last long. You like the cycle so quick. The cycle so quick, you know, and like you might be like hit for like a uh, six months and then, yeah, you're like done. how many? Let's start. How many restaurants <laughs> on that trip? I mean, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count. Yeah. There's so much. Option. Yeah, there's so many restaurants. Do you think, just imagine, like, if the tourism, like, slows down, how many restaurants is going to close there? I mean, we saw this so like, when, yeah. when yeah. COVID happened, yeah. you know. Um, there was some of, like, the restaurants just um, that were successful at that time just completely drop. And then there was, like, this time when a lot of new business started. And so there's such a high turnover. But in Bali, even from before, the turnover of a business happens so quick. Sometimes you can have, like, a place open up, seriously, for six months and already be done. And, I mean, in in that six months, like, be for, like, the first three months, like, Mm. Like everybody's there and then just something happens. They lose the magic or they did a little renovation or they, they made people stop coming for one weekend and then whoosh, goes it's like down. closed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Do, do you know Lola's? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And they moved the place. Yeah. And they, they, they're working really good. Oh, they're, I think they, they're they, have some, money. they have some magic. They, yeah. they, they really hit. I mean, they, they really have the, just the right concept yeah if you like what you want from bali you know on a place where you can like be sitting next to people side of the road tacos you know i was just talking about this the other day actually have you guys been to there at the old lolos yeah, yeah. but not the new mm. one no I not the know. new one yet no, I, i only been there once i didn't i had a ordered lasagna and i didn't like it well i mean you you went to a mexican place and ordered italian food see it's, <laughs> it's, it's mexican lasagna that's why they call it's it mexican. oh it's a mexican, mexican lasagna, lasagna. Yeah, yeah. yeah well how about this uh, lola stop making lasagna <laughs> and just stick to your tacos and burritos. yeah i'm like i should uh, like i went for lunch i'm like okay 
uh, I don't want to eat tacos at the mm. lunch. I want to eat something different. And so I ordered a Mexican lasagna. Yeah. Mm. And it tasted like, no, no good. Yeah. It tasted well, like, no. <laughs> I think people go for margaritas there. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Well, hopefully I mean, they invite us for an Indian breakfast. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe they'll do a better job. That's going to be his place. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe I will. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. better than <laughs> I'm always suspicious of like those restaurants that have every single type of food. Yeah. yeah. There's like, oh, you want Greek? You want Italian? Yeah. You want Indian? Yeah. It's like every, like the menu is like 10 pages long. You feel yeah. like you're revising for a, a test or something. <laughs> and and the one thing that it's not that, see, if, you, if you're cooking Mexican food, I would like to see a Mexican cooking food. Mm. But I mean, I understand it's uh, people like here need to have a job. So mm. they you know, employ Indonesian. That is that is actually good so that you're moving your category, employee, everybody's getting a job. That That's good. But would you love to see the actual people cooking and like it tastes good, or oh. or either way, I, I I would say like a Mexican. Stick, if you're starting a Mexican restaurant, stick to Mexican food, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. I mean, it's so funny here in Bali. You can see like a re- like a Italian pizza restaurant run by Indonesian, and then on the other side of the street, you have a um, Chinese dumpling place run by Italians. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> so crazy, right? <laughs> I've actually seen that out on the road. So yeah, <laughs> that, that would be so yeah. funny. I'm like, it's so crazy. So I, I go eat, try to eat, try to eat Indian yeah. food here in Bali. Yeah. I couldn't find proper Indian food, and I go, I, it doesn't taste. They say like people, people tell me. What is Indian food? Yeah, oh. I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like my friends, oh, that's the best Indian food. Brother. But Teja, maybe yeah. it's because you go to the Indian spots and you order lasagna. It's so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, I'm Indian. I know my food, how food tastes like. Yeah. So one day what happened is like one of my friend, one of the friend like asked where to get it. Like she, he asked a white girl sitting next to me and asked like, where is the best Indian food? <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting next to her. I'm like... <laughs> okay okay whatever i'm like i'm i'm indian you know right <laughs> and then okay okay he ordered the food and like got the food and tasted the food i asked him like how is it nestle and he's like shit yeah mm. and the girl is like okay you you probably you probably don't know where the best indian food are. like i'm like <laughs> how does that make any sense i'm like how does it say i know what is indian actually indian food yeah. taste okay. if you if you I told him probably he never tasted actually Indian food. He he has the different birds. Yeah. And she started arguing with me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like. That's a very okay. strange. Uh, I'm like, you're very smart. I, I don't want to be part of it in any of this conversation. I'm like. <laughs> so it brings to the question that. So you do DJing. Yep. And like this, like I never seen any festivals in Bali. Like DJ festival or like a big music festival, like it happens in the US. Hmm. I mean, there are there are there are quite a lot actually. Well, in, yeah, in I, 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 he's not wrong. I mean, you know. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, maybe I don't go. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's living under a rock, dude. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> I, you're not wrong. You're not right. You know, you're somewhere in there. Um, there is like these music, what they call music festivals here, and it, but it's basically a like an event takeover of a venue you don't have this thing where you have like this massive concert space where like you have like kind of a like a festival grounds it's basically they they find a venue 
and they take it over and they do insane lineups. So there has been some festivals, but it's not like um, it's been a while since they've had like a, maybe a festival that have like a a good selection of bands and then also DJs and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, the events industry is pretty cool here. You know, you got some venues that are doing some really massive lineups, but yeah, it's not quite, they call it a festival, but it's not necessarily like you don't get to go camping. Mm. There's no, like if, if it's a two day festival, you don't get to stay on site. I think this really takes away from the festival experiences, like where you, you want people to be immersed. You don't have that here. No, and there's no, there's no space for it. Yeah, I I know that you've been in the uh, event and event organizing space before many times. And um, one thing that I remember you were trying to focus on was making festivals, not just making festivals, but making festivals better mm. uh, from a sustainability point of view. Can you talk a little bit more about what that was all about? Well, yeah, Um. so that's what I'm still doing. You know, it's about <clears throat> giving... Okay, I'll give you the background on it. Yeah, please, yeah. For example, like me as an event organizer, I've always been um, concerned about the environment, just as a person. And then as an event organizer, um, we were doing like kind of environmental fundraising. And at the same time, while doing environmental fundraising, it would be like, okay, let's do the best event possible and have it be green, um, for lack of a better word. And, and then I started to like work with venues and be like, they would start to ask me, okay, what, what can we do to go green? And then at the time I was like, um, don't use plastic straws. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I was like, really, I, I didn't have the knowledge yet. So I went and learned a lot more. So now it's all about, um, making festivals, events, uh, F and B venues, um, or event organizers have the tools and have the knowledge and easy access to make as sustainable, eco-friendly, uh, events as possible. Nice. And I'm guessing not a lot of people are trying to do that or maybe they are, I don't know. Um, yeah, not, not here. Okay. You know, there's around the world, it's a, it's a thing, but, um, in Asia, it's, um, it's still new, new yeah. grounds. And even in worldwide, it's still new grounds. Yeah. Um, so do you play any of the clubs here or, or are you just mainly focused on event organizing? Um, uh, I still do. You know, I, I used to be, um, resident DJ in a, quite a few places. Um, Omnia, what used to be Savaya. Um, yeah, I used to play all around the place. Savaya, they, yeah. they bring a lot of big, uh, stars there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is it like, so I don't, what is the party culture here? Like, is it the same used to in, in Jakarta too, or is it only in party culture in Bali? Is it because of Bule so much? Oh, no, no, no. Like, uh, in Jakarta, people like to get down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or should we say get up? Yeah. <laughs> also, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, also, um, Jakarta, um, party goers do fuel the party scene here, you know? Like, you have a lot of your tourists filling up the space, but like, your Jakartans are the ones buying the tables and buying the bottles and this is what actually runs a venue it's not your tourist who's just buying a couple bintangs and then checking out the vibe and then leave <laughs> leave you know <laughs> your jakarta crew they come in like with 20 of them they buy two tables and they buy a whole bunch of bottles and then they drink until they pass out yeah i mean i saw a viral <laughs> post someone uh, was flexing 
like a, a lineup of different spots and one of they they kept posting about the place and then they'd take a photo of the bill at the end yeah okay i mean proper flex yeah and one of the bills it was just getting higher and higher and one of the highest bills was 490 million for one night 490 million Damn. 490 million i was like man i could have bought someone a house or you know so um I was talking about this, so we were doing this with some of the environmental NGOs, and I was just talking to them about the, one of the venues that we were uh, working with. It was Omni at the time, and they were selling one of their tables for one of their grand opening nights for $200 million. And uh, I just said this to this um, environmental NGO person, and you should have seen his look of disappointment in life. <laughs> His face I bet. dropped because this he was trying to raise like maybe maybe 300 or 500 million for to build a school and university and save the Indonesian rainforest. And then he heard that someone spent 200 million on at one table for one night. And I've never seen like a more disgust in or like disappointment to look in humanity. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, and that's kind of where the... Um, it's been some of my inspiration, you know, it's like mm. we're trying to like go into venues and like, okay, dudes or ladies or whoever's running the place, you know, like let's work together and just 1% of that, if you do, okay, if you're selling tables for 200 million a night and if you just did 1% of that and you gave that away to a cause, you would be doing some really good work one yeah. percent you know like we're, we're not asking for a lot you know if you just constantly gave one percent then you could have um uh, a real impact you know yeah. uh, dj i don't know i don't know if you know um but halim is uh, whenever he djs a lot of his income in the past has actually gone to charity Maybe, Helen, you can talk a little bit about that and what you've done. Yeah, I, we've done a lot of charity events and like a lot of like for the last uh, maybe six years, um, all of my concepts have somehow had a, a give back. And so it's about the event it needs to was either helping an environmental cause or some of them were straight up charity fundraisers. Oh, we've done stuff for mental health um, and we've done stuff for earthquake survivors, uh, building an orphanage, and it's all through electronic music. This is pretty dope. So how, how do you feel like you're trying to make a cause out of it and, and you're also part of a DJ and, you know, in clubs people drink and like do stupid shit. Mm. How do you feel like seeing all those ah. in like two different sides? I yeah, mean, I've... I, I encourage people to go for it, you know? I mean, our homes are like, I'm, I'm, I love partying also. And, you know, I love the whole entire thing to the whole entire, the whole entire aspect of it, you know, the getting messed up and losing yourself with the music and everything that comes with it. But it's like, uh, the yin and the yang, you know, it's like, okay, if you want to do this, why not have it also equal something at the same time, you know? So, what we were what our main concept was is that like okay we don't want to change your partying habits but change your partying purpose mm -hmm. you know okay so go and to an event and if you knew that every time you bought a drink that you'd be saving or planting one tree every time you bought a drink 
well, I would go and buy 10 more drinks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so the whole entire thing was this, is that like you leaving the event. Uh, we also did some like subliminal education. We have like, you know, visuals in the club. We would have like rainforest. We'd put like rainforest noises in there also. And so it's like you, you leave the event with more than just a hangover. That was the purpose behind it. It's like, yes, you get in a hangover. Yes, you partied and had the time of your life. But it's also at the same time you knew it's like, you know, like when you're lying <laughs> In bed the next day, like, oh, I saved the rainforest. Find a tent Yeah. You know. But yeah, so it's like, uh, I'm 100% for everyone going full blast and having the time of their life. But like, as an event organizer, we can do better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, here in Bali, there is that yin and yang, right? <coughs> and we all know we've been subjected to. Uh, kind of noise pollution, light mm. pollution. I think there's a, you know, there's an ongoing constant discussion about whether we should be hearing that, whether, whether Bali should clamp down a little bit on how these clubs are being built. I don't know. Do you get disturbed at all when you're sleeping uh, in your area? Uh, I Where don't do you think live? So. I live in the uh, right end of the road on Barawa. Okay. And uh, do you hear Atlas at all? No, I I don't hear anything actually. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I have inside it at their everything. Yeah, night. he's there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds I, fine to me. <laughs> actually, I don't been to Atlas. Yeah. I don't oh, okay, want to okay. either. No, you don't have to, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm not a club guy, and I I never been to Savaya. I never been. I only been to Finns once. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I rarely go to clubs or dance either way. Yeah. Um, I'm a guy who sits around, have a drink with friends, and just talk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I do like to understand this sound pollution. It's, it's so much, and even in traffic, like people honk so much. Yeah. I'm like, I. I <laughs> You're not a honking kind of guy. No, I don't honk unless I need to. Like uh -huh. I really need to. Like, yeah. uh, because I mean, I uh, half of the, my life was in US, so. You don't honk at someone. Yeah. You, you, you <laughs> never know he's gonna fuck you up or kill you. Or, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the people are people are so uh, stressed in their life when they hear something and they're like, "Why did you do that?" Kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. Mm. And here, I think it's okay. People not not so much stressed. People can people okay to willing to let it pass when you hear un, unless unwanted honking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I see it, I'm like, I look at their face, I'm like, why are you honking? Like, yeah. <laughs> the point is, like, we're stuck in the traffic all together. <laughs> yeah. Honking is not going to solve it. Yep. No. So, like, yeah, what is your, I mean, you're, of course, you, you're part of <clears throat> this culture, like, uh, music culture, and yeah. it's so much, I mean, I think it's, I mean, for my, <laughs> I don't want to say anything to people, like, what time you need to stop partying or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, for, like, people are living here. People work in the morning and, yeah. like, uh, at four o'clock in the morning, a drunken guy walking on, driving on the road. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen. So, I'm like, what do you think? Well, I definitely think everything needs to be regulated. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's the same with all the villa making all the, the club making, you know, uh, it's unfortunate for the Balinese is that they've, there is a bit of greed going on right now, you know, especially after the pandemic. It's, it's actually nice during the pandemic that we got to see a little return to culture and a return to the Balinese way of life. 
And I think that was quickly abandoned when um, uh, dollar signs started rolling back in and you've seen a lot of new building and a lot of new construction, new nightclubs, new beach clubs, all this stuff just like kind of spring up. And so that is unfortunate, um, but also... Tourism drives Bali. Yeah. You know, the tourism uh, money flow is the main dollar economy for um, Bali. And that, that's, it's unfortunate. Well, it's not unfortunate. You know, like it can be something to where you can have that be your main source of income, but it should be kind of going back into the community, you know, um, or back into infrastructure, back into regulating, you know, people making sure that people aren't driving while they're drunk, you know, making this kind of have like rules and structure in place. Again, the yin and the yang, you know, it's like, we know that this fuels the economy, but while we're while it's fueling the economy, it should be also benefiting um, the Balinese. You know, there's that, a proper way of doing it. <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. know, like there is definitely is. That it's like, yes, we can have fun and nightclubs and nightlife and beach clubs and that, but it should also have it be a benefit to the Balinese and the Bali land. Also, I think there's. A lot of people, a lot of people are sold on the idea of that the economy is run by tourism. Yes, it is, but it shouldn't be that like shouldn't run everything. It should be that like okay, the Balinese get a say to say like yes, we appreciate the money coming in, but we also need to respect Bali. We need to respect the culture. We can't just be tearing down every single rice field to make a new beach club, to make a new villa. You know, there needs to. There's going to be a point maybe too late where everyone's like whoa we need to slow down a bit and then by that time it's too late it is a little too late you, you can't know? uproot foundations as easy you yeah. can't break down buildings as you know and return it back to paddy field just as it was right yeah that's the unfortunate part but yeah um, <laughs> so i think yeah as you said I, they think there should be uh, pros and cons i mean like there should be yin <clears throat> and yang because yeah. i mean Party until 2 p.m., 2 a.m. or whatever, but not until 6 a.m., you know? It's 10 a.m. for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just I mean, back. If, you, if you're at home, you're in your room, you're drinking, do it. Like, I, yeah. who cares? Oh. But don't don't drunk and run. Like, the other day, there, there was a guy and they acting on the shortcut. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, like, imagine he being him. And imagine looking at that thing at 8 a.m. in the morning or 5 a.m. the local driving, what do you think? A bullet driving, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, for the for the next two days, everybody's sad thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Everybody is trying to be more careful. And the third day, it's all normal. Yeah, hmm. exactly. We can't tell everyone to stop drinking. That's, you know, I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't agree with telling people to stop partying, but I do agree with like, fucking have a police force come in at like two o'clock in the morning and say you're not driving you're not driving you're not driving you're not driving yeah. we have wi-fi connect to gojek now if you don't have a phone we will order for you but you are not driving yeah exactly save lives yeah but even if this is a, s- a silly story but like um even if you're not driving uh and you order a gojek i've heard some silly stories where um someone would get on the back of a bike and um real the gojek driver has realized the person's not on the back of the bike anymore and 
go like so this was i can't remember the full story but basically the gojek driver comes back and the person's still standing there holding their phone because they're completely wasted yeah thinking he, they're still sitting on the bike so standing just <laughs> like waiting that would be that would be good that would be a that good funny video, funny yeah. video. That would be if there was cctv footage of that somewhere i don't know but i heard it from a friend and it was like oh yeah the dude was just still standing there but the drive the gojek driver <laughs> drove away how tall is so, it i think you <laughs> driving scoopy so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. definitely not part of the scoopy gang <laughs> nope <laughs> we don't do that so stupid uh, but yeah i mean so i heard you guys want to start a podcast is it <laughs> okay i was like so inspired that. by you and yeah. Lee that uh, <laughs> no but i mean during during the pandemic we did try to yeah. start a little pa- podcast to uh It, it was about what diving into people's creativity maybe we just need to start that again I yeah something about inspiration and creativity yeah, yeah yeah you know it's uh the pandemic was the time where we realized that you know with places closed and and not being able to go out um the only thing that we were left with was our ideas right and um you know halim has plenty of ideas yeah. and we have a lot of friends here after living in indonesia for most of our lives um so we're like oh maybe we should talk to some people who are pretty inspirational um which is kind of the theme of every podcast really yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah everything You're like oh get that famous guy to the podcast yeah yeah talk exactly don't be like well i'm going to start the bor- most boring podcast on earth you know? gonna, you know. so uh we we invited uh a few artists and um it was it was good but it was it was a tough time to kind of like wrap our head around yeah. um just staying alive and also creating some content yeah. but you guys have done an amazing job um for Scoopy Gang you know i mean i mean we i'm part of it now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's he's always been part of it without him or without being here i don't think we would have survived very uh, very proud of you guys yeah Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um but dude, I think uh you have a great story from your party days um back at uh what was it called Omnia, mm-hmm. right, which is now Savaya. And you know, you've played after some big names, right? Yeah. Um maybe you can share one one or two story fun. Yeah, uh, I mean, um the story was that yeah, I was playing at Omnia and I mean, for for one of the reasons why I got into DJing was there's uh, DJ Tiesto. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like he's 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 horrible now. Like <laughs> his music is absolutely not. Yeah, it's not what I listen to or identify with at all anymore. But back in the day, was he was like the trance god, and it's everything was about Tiesto, Tiesto, Tiesto. You know, and especially in Jakarta, trance was huge, and um. I mean, Tiesto back in the day was the first DJ to play at the Olympics. You know, like nowadays having a DJ playing for sporting events, that's normal. Standard, yeah. But this was like he did the um, Athens uh, Olympics, you know, it was back in Greece. It was Athens and he played um, an all trans set while they were doing the opening ceremony. It was, it, was, it was really mind blowing at that time, the first time for having a DJ like that. And so... Um, and I, like, one of the reasons why I really got into electronic music was I saw him the first time that he came to Jakarta. It was the first time we really had a massive rave in Jakarta with an international headliner of 
that caliber at the time. So like that was my inspiration. Flash forward many years, I would never, because also at the point where uh, when I started DJing, my sound was so completely different with what Tiesto is nowadays. Yeah. And so I was just like, it would just never even cross my mind that I would be able to um, um, not only um, be on the same lineup with Tiesto, but then to close for him, you know? And yeah, it was like one of those things is like, you, you shouldn't meet your, your idols. It's one of those things. It's like the, the saying is true, maybe 95% of the time, you know? Um, and so, yeah, uh, he was playing, he did his whole entire set and I was meant to go on next, you know, and I'm just, uh, I'm getting myself kind of ready in the, booth you know which he was very like nobody in the booth you know so i was like allowed to like kind of come in do my thing and then you know he saw me putting my thing and uh, then he like he goes over and he wants to whisper something in my ear i'm like oh, okay cool you know like, yeah, <laughs> gonna get some tiesto wisdom and he leans in and he whispers you have 30 seconds and i look at him and he's already walking away and i look on the the decks and i only have 30 seconds on the song to choose the next song you usually have like three minutes to be able to choose your next song and there's like there's thousands of people in front of me and there's like tiesto just walking around the booth i'm like okay and <laughs> of course i was it was very easy for me to jump on and blah blah blah, blah get it going and launch into the the next song it was no problem but yeah it wasn't like it wasn't some grand moment it was just like yes i'm gonna go now <laughs> <laughs> yeah never meet your idols definitely. no 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 <laughs> so what is that three minutes and 30 seconds uh like why why is it like to choose faster um, well, um, I'm going to shamelessly plug myself. I have a DJ lesson. So if you would ever need a DJ <laughs> lesson, come to Genesis. Uh, but, um, when you're, so when you're, you're mixing two songs, you need to like, um, overlay them together, you know? Um, so only having 30 seconds to choose your next song and then overlay the next songs is like, imagine you're listening to your songs on Spotify and then your the song is about to end and you want to choose like the next song, but you don't know. And you're kind of like, oh, what's the perfect next song? Imagine you only had like a couple of seconds to do that. It's the same thing. But then you'd have to like match the speeds and then also bring it in while keeping the party of thousands of people still rocking. Yeah. And and choosing a song that works with the last one, but yeah. you may not know what yeah. the heck that song is all about, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, some of the DJs here are... <laughs> <laughs> what are you about to say? <laughs> I'm like, well, look, bro, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Total shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I I I went to Old Man's in the first day they reopened, mm. and I literally told. I think I don't know. He's the owner or the manager. I called him, and there's only a few people there. And I told him, "Why are you guys changing the DJ?" <laughs> like. He still, he still, he still says hi to me. Like I don't know if he changed the DJ or not. I don't yeah. go a lot of times, but uh, yeah. but uh, and also I went to La Brisa the last week. It was shit. I don't know why the fuck he is playing here in the first yeah. place. The music is just low. It's not up. It's like I'm like, what the fuck is going? I don't go a lot of times. When I go, I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. I'm like, come on, let me. Make me dance, you know. What's what's your taste, though? I want to know. No, I'm more like a hip hop, uh, R and B guy. But uh, when it house, also I used to listen to 
like I said, Tiesto, yeah, like you said. Um, but uh, I, I, I like to see the uh, highs, not like. Yeah, I mean, it was the most important thing with DJing is about reading the room. Yeah, you know, it's like it's you know, it's about your audience also, you know, and. Um, you know, a lot of DJs nowadays like play for their own style. Yeah. You know, and um, sometimes it works. You know, sometimes they're they're taking people on a journey. You know, it's not just about per song, per song, per song, but the whole entire set that they do and the kind of how they bring it up. But also, I mean, I've been to some sets and I'm just like, that's kind of boring. Also, <laughs> you know, like as uh, as a lover of house music of all different kinds you know the the downbeat the upbeat and everything yeah sometimes it does kind of feel like all right <laughs> let's do it let's bring it up especially when you have like um like a really packed crowd and so like everything's pumping but then there's also some djs who like who are so like skillful that like, they can bring it low and then they bring it up and they bring it down bring it up yeah but yeah. And also there is an Indian in me, like he knows music, right? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean like, Tell I, me. I would like to listen to Indian music, right? So uh, that, that just makes me go up. Like yeah, yeah. nowadays they're mixing Indian music and DJ. Yeah. Who's, yeah. who's the biggest Indian DJ? Do we do we know? I I see India has like the music all over, like there is twenty-four languages in India. Yeah. yeah. Um so every language has its own music, and all the music is there is low low songs. There is there is like a like mass mm. like really upgoing party songs, yeah. and there is there is like calm music kind of shit. Uh, but always like party songs always like pumps me up so yeah. fast. So I think well, you can say like have you have, I've been hearing in like a lot of reels, people are mixing uh, Indian like party music yeah, into. DJing. Yeah. Well, there's like, there's so many kind of like influence and stuff, you know, that you can be taking from all over the place. You know, there's like a lot of remixes that they kind of like go into it for a second and then jump back out of it. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool with what you can do nowadays and like where people try to get their influences from. But yeah, I mean, Indian music was like the first original rockers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, fanboy a little bit for your stuff. I mean, he used to make um, mixtapes called Nusantara Tripping. And um, man, they were, it wasn't really like meant to be like pure, like just like party and rave out. It was like more of a trip, literally a trip of your, <laughs> of your, or your senses, I guess. He would play like uh, a reading of a poem and then it would go into like a recording of a puppet master in Indonesia on top of the music. And it's like you're kind of like listening to all the different sounds yeah. that are coming through. And then he'd play like live, uh, what do you call it? Real life recordings from a rainforest and the, the orangutans and like the different bird species and stuff like that with the music. And it's really like 100% Indonesia. So like I've always, yeah. always enjoyed tried to like, to um, I've always tried to like take my influences of living in Indonesia and like what I've had here. I also like done it with also like, um, with other cultures also like trying to like uh, love to be like taking some sound sound samples try to do with some Indian stuff also and like how to like just kind of weave it in but yeah my sound definitely is for Indonesian and I support Indonesian producers Indonesian culture and try to like weave it in 
Yeah, but sometimes it's, that's more for mixtapes. Yep. But I've done that like in the club also or in festivals and like just drop the music and start playing the chaka, uh, kachak, yeah. you yeah. know, like chaka, 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 chaka. Yeah. So what is that? Like uh, they do make sounds like on the banjar, like mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know the name. What do you call it? Like the gamang. Gamang. Yeah. So do you know why they do it? Like on the road, like, to go around the kids will take it and like that that's just very specific um like to be honest my brother would know he's very far more knowledgeable in this but that is uh i think it's more of an activity that's just to keep the kids engaged in the in culture, the culture okay. yeah so they do a, a small kids version of what the adults do um but mostly the gamelan is a very you know, it's quite a sacred instrument to play right yep. And, you know, it binds the community together. Um, you learn about rhythm, pacing, and, mm-hmm. of course, there's storytelling involved in all of these things. But you know, It's also it's, trans-inducing. And trans-inducing, yes. You know, it's like yeah. it's, uh, it's... Not the Tiesto type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where trans came from. Yeah, you yeah. know, trans, like the... the <laughs> I mean, it actually did come from... India was Goa, Goa and trance music was kind of like where this is where like electronic music really went into the trippy zone. Mm-hmm. It's like you made people go into trances and it was all based off of cultures that had like spiritual sides to their music. Like yeah. um, definitely in India, you would have some, but here in Bali, you would have the gamelang and that's how they start. Before they start telling the stories, they make people go into a trance and then they like, they do all the, like the musical intro. Then they start telling the stories because your mind is kind of been opened up by listening to this weird um rhythms that that was not doesn't follow what um what we consider was western music you know actually balinese gamelang is the was one of the only musics in the world that follows a different beat because we're so used to bop 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 but was gamelang it goes it goes all over the place and that's why it feels weird, and that's why it also induces the trance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like same like when you get when you go like um, like yoga or some kind of places. It's like so calming kind of music, yeah. uh, which will make you relax and yeah, um, which will help you focus, right? Yeah, and also the music industry is here in Bali is, and I think in Indonesia particularly is so big. Hmm. I I really lo- love it actually because. Everybody plays a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone plays a guitar. Yeah. I don't fucking know how to hold the strings. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that, that. That's something I'm. Uh, I really love. It's induced in the culture itself mm. to yeah. people to do that. Like everybody has a band. Everybody plays. I'm like it's just for fun. They're not yeah. trying to yeah. get out and like oh make so much money out of it. Yeah. No, I mean it's a social instrument. Yeah, right? it's like yes, a, it's like yes. a talent you have. It's like a it's normal for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, something uh, unique. No? Yeah. Yeah. But I think I really love that uh, they are inducing that into culture and uh, making kids learn. I mean, um, hopefully, I, w- I would like to do that to my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, what, what do you think about the? I mean, I would like to do the whole episode on music one day um, yeah. about uh, Indonesia. But uh, what do you think about music music culture here? Like. Uh, a lot of the artists that there, do you think they're struggling or? Um, yeah, for sure. You know, um, like you said, because music is su- something that's so um, 
prevalent here. You know, everyone can play, everyone knows how to pick up a guitar, you know, and, you know, like from the kids in the banjar, they're, they're learning how to do music from the very beginning, even just the, uh, what's that? The Lato Lato? Yeah. That's so uh, cool, man. That's so cool, man. So addictive, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, that's, that's, you have to be on beat to do that, yeah. you know? And um, that's something that, like, it's, it's, it is part of the culture and it is a part of the music upbringing. But because um, maybe music is so common here that, like, it's, there's not as much, um, it's it's a bit harder for the people who really go into it beyond just being able to pick up a guitar and do Wonderwall, you know, like yeah. the <laughs> the people who are actually have the artistry behind it and want to make money off of it or support themselves through art. It's it's quite hard, you know, for the bands here. Uh, unfortunately, there's not um, the bands that do are successful here. Or sorry, let me. See rephrase that the bands that can support themselves here they have to do cover bands and play at bars and just play only covers that's what's popular right? that's yeah. what's popular you know even in jakarta it's like it's mm -hmm. cover bands you know like the bands that are really good and like they play really good style but they're still like playing other people's songs yeah. and that's how they support themselves for the bands that um actually do originals that's very hard you know and um there's really not um a scene for them there i mean there is a scene there is people who would love to come and see them and there's all that kind of things but it's like it's very much cover bands that are ones that get booked for the weekends that get booked get booked um on the regular yeah. you know and they get booked because they do covers maybe they do an original song every now and then but yeah there's not so much support for original bands but it, I, I mean i hear stories of indonesian bands trying so hard here <clears throat> trying make their name, you know, get this event, that event, da, 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 and then it doesn't really pan out in like the trajectory of like, you know, mm. but, hey, then, hey, but hey. then they, they move. Like I've heard of one band, um, elephant kind oh. shown by, uh, one of my friends here. And, um, they got famous because they went, they left the country. They went to the UK, mm. played there, got, uh, got famous or, or got, um, popular. And started releasing music, and then suddenly Indonesians were like, "Oh my God, they're Indonesian!" Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, "Well, dude, we were in Indonesia yeah. playing for you guys, and you didn't really like pay attention to us." So it's yeah. a really interesting mindset where it takes uh, Indonesians leaving Indonesia and becoming famous or popular for them to come back and be respected. Which I don't think this is the right kind of formula. You should mm. kind of pick up on the talent here. I so I'm not sure. I'm, I'm only I'm only been Bali, right? So I mean, the way I see Indonesians playing music is the, most of the people listening to it is bule in Bali. Mm. In Bali, I don't know where else. Mm. Okay. Um, but that's maybe the reason Indonesians are actually not picking up. Maybe, may Possibly. yeah, probably for Bali bands. I'm not sure about other islands. I'm not sure about Jakarta. I mean, also uh, you got to get out of the Changu zone. Yeah, you go into Denpasar, Sanur. Yeah. Sanur has a really good live band. Um, yeah community yeah. um you also have bands like the hydrants and you know there's Manja. Super, yeah superman is dead they're superman like dead, proper yeah. oh yeah I, i've been to alcohol yesterday alcohol hell yeah i was like the, the, it says superman instead i i'm like okay it's just a cover of a t-shirt i thought yeah now i'm hearing it's a band yeah yeah, yeah. So it's it's bali's like number one punk band and like they're they they also 
they're kind of activists as well, you okay. know, and they are there. You they're they're close to Balinese heart, you know, of any teenage boy here, you know. There's yeah. a, so who's, who's the other one again? Um, the one. Uh, Pulau plastic. Or oh, the Navikula. Navikula. Navikula is really cool. They also, crazy. they're really, really cool. Crazy. Robbie and they've been doing some. They work with uh, Copernic um, to support um, talking to the Banjars about like not having plastic uh, to in the community. They also get to meet with the president. They've talked with Jokowi about like all the governments. They've so they cool. couldn't and they also represent Indonesia. They I think uh, they've been to Australia, the States, the Europe, and the UK also, yeah. all over the place. And um, they play m more alternative, kind of like heavy rock, and they, they they do have a really cool message as well. Can can we invite him? Can we invite him? Is it oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Robbie's awesome. They're really he, famous? He or? Can speak to, I mean, he's very famous. He's okay. awesome. Yeah. But, but he's here in Bali. Yeah. He lives here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Shout out to Robbie. Shout out to Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> so just uh, send a text to yeah. Robbie, right? Yeah, have to yeah. send like um, multiple tests. <laughs> 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 Who knows? It may just be one DM. Who knows? Yeah. Slide in there. Please. <laughs> Please <laughs> come on to this the, is the message. To you now. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> Please, I, I, I would like to like uh, interview bands also, like mm. to know what, I mean, it's not only to relate it to the music, it's to go into their head and yes. like when they produce music. You should yeah. also get um, Rudolf. He's the, the manager for the Hydrant and he's also, um, he's a big for the band community of all of Bali and also represents Indonesia. Um, but this is Sanur. He, he's based in Sanur and like the, the, the band scene in Denpasar and Sanur is completely different than the cover band um, culture that we have here in Changu, you know, yeah. and Kuta also, it's horrible. The, the yeah. cover band, you go to the Aussie pub and they're playing smoke on the wall, you know. So They've been playing it for 30 years. Yeah, 30 years already, <laughs> man. Actually, well, you know, 30 years is actually more now. We, we, we say 30 years, but it's actually like for 40 years and they keep doing it, keep doing it. But yeah, like uh, there's there is the scene here, and it's, but it's not represented in the tourist areas. Yeah, I would say classic never dies. <laughs> classic never dies. 100%. <laughs> true that. True that. You know. <laughs> I mean, they keep repeating the same song. People keep dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, being said that, uh, one question probably. Yeah, uh, um, I usually leave and ask that question. <laughs> so. Uh, what is your bucket list or what are you trying to do in like in future and be happy with it? Um, yeah, well, really th this um, bringing sustainability to events is really big for me. Um, working on this thing called Club Conscious now with my partner and we're really trying to have this um, idea of making sustainability part of events be easy access and accessible to everyone so that's like a um short-term goal and i think a long-term goal would to be um known more for this and like be able to take this all around the world and really get to travel the world because of it and get to educate more um i'm big about education so being able to just continue educating people and enabling people to live better to do better um and also be better for the environment but while not 
changing their habits. But let me rephrase that. But not changing their party habits and not mm-hmm. changing what they what they do for fun. You know, it's not like not not shaming anybody, but like making everyone kind of do something better and build the scene and have people make better things so that the environment doesn't get hurt. But we still support culture. You know, like what we were just kind of talking about was the bands. You know, like let them. Be representing their fun side, their scene, the culture, but we can do it in a better way. Hundred percent, amen. So, one question you can ask your friend you haven't asked in a long time, mm. in like not in how long you've been friends. <laughs> so, now is your chance. Okay. Um, thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. <laughs> question: A question that I haven't asked him for a while. I would say. When it comes to music in Indonesia, what more? What other kind of instruments do you want to learn? Um, mm. You know, you're a DJ. That's one form. Yeah. What are the things that you'd like to learn? I mean, is it gamelan? Is it the flute? Is it a harmonica? What's the thing that like is? Uh, it's not a very deep question, but it's like, you know, you're you're currently playing one instrument. What else do you want to learn? Um, what I would actually like to learn is. Um, more music theory, um, so that I could be able to make my own music while using gamelang and stuff. I think I, I, if you could put any instrument in front of me, I would be able to pick it up and do like some. You know, I'm definitely not listening to that. Yeah, you know, um, it's my next hit. You know, um, no, but like you know, like I, I'm, I'm pretty good with instruments. Um, so I think I'd be able to pick up anything. But I don't know actually how to build music or build songs or actually record the music and make an actual track out of it. So if I was able to have anyone skill it'd be um for music i would love to be able to actually understand s- song structure and music theory where i could actually make my own stuff gotcha gotcha nice thank you thank um you. thank you for being here and thank you for so i'm officially part of the scoopy gang yes yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. i drive a barrio <laughs> uh, we don't want to go there <laughs> Uh, well, on behalf of uh, Scoopy Gang and the Missing Lee, um, myself, George, and TJ here, thanks to uh, Halim for being on the show. And um, please like, subscribe, and uh, follow us on any of the channels that we're on. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank Peace. you, Halim. Booyakashi.